Welcome to episode three of Unlicensed Podcast. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much. I'm Jessica. And I'm Aaliyah. And we're happy to uh, have you back with us today. Very exciting. <laughs> this is an exciting week. It's, it's been a Monday. Yeah, today's Monday when we're recording, but <laughs> happy Monday. Thursday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy Thursday to you guys. Hopefully your middle of the week wasn't too rough. <laughs> like ours. <laughs> well, fingers crossed it won't be too bad. But today has been one of the most Mondayest Mondays. Yeah. Ever. So just to recap, we're both, um, you, in different ways, we have some illness. Some illness. Plaguing us at the time. Not the plague. My (laughs) illness is just slight allergies from the weather changing. Um, So I sound like a wee bit of a toad. Yeah. Just a tiny bit. So sorry. You have to put up with that. It's really annoying for me too. ice clinkling, I'm very sorry. I need to drink some water until I can take emergency in the morning. But yeah, we're still, we're troopers. We are troopers. We're We're here today. Yeah. Also this weekend was um, USC's homecoming. Mm -hmm. So I also feel like my throat is a little raspy from yelling at that game. That game was so good. We won 21 to 20. If we would have lost to Vanderbilt... I would have been pissed because Vanderbilt sucks. Well, they'd lost the week before to Georgia, like zero to sixty-two. So I was yeah. like, if we lose this, I swear. Anyways, this is not a sports podcast. <laughs> Glad Should to talk have about you guys our back fantasy with us. football league now. I have never understood fantasy football. What is that? It's like where you like online draft certain players and then you track like their performance in each game. So you also don't know what it is. I do, but like I've never done it. My mom is like avid. Oh, it's still a thing. I just oh, yeah, remember yeah, yeah. people talking about fantasy football in, like, middle school and high school. I didn't know people still did that. If you do that, live your life, girl. I just didn't know. When I was a thing. kid, I thought – I was so confused because I was like, how can all of – how can you guys all have the same player? Do they go meet? Like, I thought that it actually meant, like – So they don't play against, like – No, like, it's just, like, online. You track each player's individual performance. But I thought that each player was so coming together to make So you don't actually play the game? Team. No. That is so That just dumb. means you have to watch every single base. Well, you don't no. have to watch every single football game, but that's how you, like, figure Keep out who, up with it. Yeah, who scores the most points, and it all gets added. And I'm not an expert. I just know what my mom tells me. <laughs> Thanks, Denise. Thanks, Denise. So, <laughs> episode three, here we are. Episode three, yes, we're back. And we thought, so last week we talked to Aaliyah, <laughs> we, I talked to Aaliyah about her childhood, her coming out story, um... All the in-betweens. Yes. Yes. So this week, we're going to do a couple questions. Uh, we'll answer a couple questions. And yes, then we're going to answer a couple of them. Aaliyah's going to get to put me in the hot seat. So yes, you guys can get to be know fun. me better and maybe get something out of it. Maybe. I don't know. Could be interesting. Um. So the first question, what we're going to talk about, I think um, we had gotten a question, at least two, about confidence. Yes. Um, what do you define as confidence? Because I feel like a lot of people define confidence a little differently. Your nose. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I promise I do not have the vid. I do not have COVID. <laughs> the vid. This is simply. Have you never heard Charity? Her uncle calls it the vid. No. Hope y'all don't got the vid. Oh no, I've never. Heard Love that. you, Charity. Her old um, boss. Yeah, I told you I'm a wee bit stuffy, but we're going to get through it. I guess confidence to me <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> has always been like, I guess, the way you carry yourself and how you feel about the way you carry yourself. Yes. I guess like in very, because it, I mean, obviously it's more complex, but that's like very dumbed down to me anyway. I also think 
Well, to me, confidence is how I feel about myself. Mm -hmm. Like, internally, how do I feel? Emotionally, how do I feel? I think that's how to find my confidence. But I feel like in today's day and age, especially with social media, because whenever I was younger and then like the more um, impressionable times, I honestly would have thought back then if we had like Instagram and Twitter like we have now, I would probably um, be not so happy with myself. Yeah. More than likely just because like what people see on the internet, like they see people like Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. and Kylie Jenner. Yeah. And it's they're not just realistic. like, oh my God, the life. I'm like, girl, that is not life. Mm-hmm. But not for us. <laughs> like, yeah. That is not life. And I don't think people should like define their confidence based on like physical appearance because you could be the prettiest person walking and you could feel like absolute hell inside. Yeah. Well, I also think it's true, like, and I know this is so cliche, but beauty really isn't the eye of the beholder. It is. I think you can look at someone, especially, like, on TikTok, when they're not even famous, they have zero work done, and you're like, how do you look like that? Right. You know what I mean? like, I didn't look like that when I was 16. Yeah, and you're like, (laughs) wait, shit. But I think you have to learn to love what you see in the mirror. And the biggest thing about this and how to build confidence is this does not happen overnight. Oh, absolutely This is not a not. decision that you make to be confident. It's no. not uh, It's not something you can like just journal about. I don't know. You have to do a culmination of different things. And I think it is like a muscle. You have to keep working it out. Yeah. Um, but how do you build it? Well, here's my thought. Let's, let's hear it. So confidence to me or the lack thereof completely equates to fear, right? Like what do people think of me? What oh, do yeah. I think of myself? And we talked about that. I think episode one was mm-hmm. um, how to not care about what people think about you yeah. so much. And I think the biggest thing is like if you're scared that you're not good enough, if you're scared that X, Y, or Z person doesn't Selling think you're pretty. Short. Yeah, like those con- lack of confidence comes from fear of not being enough in some capacity. So I think if you can get to the source of the fear and overcome that, you're on, a, on your way to like build confidence. You have right. to figure out why you're so scared of who, what, or how you think you're inadequate. That's true. And then from there, you can kind of learn, okay, well, if that fear isn't real, then maybe I am more beautiful than I thought I was. Maybe I am smarter than I thought I was. Maybe I am more likable than I thought I was. I like that. You know? That's very true. I don't think people... Well, I... This is my personal opinion. I think that people are afraid to dig deeper Mm -hmm. within themselves to find those things out because they're just like... Now I gotta do soul searching, and now that could potentially mean that I might need to go see a therapist, and that and that might mean that I need to work out some trauma that I went through five yeah. years ago. Like, and then it's that whole thing. So if people are just like, huh, out of sight, out of mind, not here nor there. Mm-hmm. It's easier for people to just brush past it. But whenever you brush past those things, you're just like burying it deeper and deeper, mm-hmm. and it just ends up being harder to deal with. So you have to make sure that you're self-reflecting and you're taking that time with yourself to be like okay girl because I don't think I was fully confident in who I was until I was like 21 it takes time it takes a lot of time and I just think like you have to understand that when you say something like I'm working on myself you know that classic I'm working working on myself I'm focusing on myself I'm working on x y or z okay you can say that but like can you back it up but like, are you really? So if you say to me, I'm working on building confidence. So my question to you is how? How are you working on building because that Because that can be as simple as asking for help. 
Like, that doesn't necessarily mean you yourself. And you have to ask for help. I feel like some people... Were we talking about that? Like, people are just afraid to ask for help. Well, you and I had a private conversation about this. Yeah, yeah. we're just... Well, me, to some fault, a couple of years ago, younger Aaliyah was just like, I don't need anyone's help. But in reality, it was just like, mm-hmm. bitch, yes, you do. Yeah. Like, you, you need to ask for help. And my parents would always tell me that growing up. Like, don't be afraid to ask for help. And I'm just like, no, I got it. Yeah. And sometimes you don't have it. Well, focusing on <laughs> and yourself totally okay. and working on yourself is, to me, is synonymous with asking for help. Because... We were not put on this earth. This is like very philosophical, but you were not put on this earth to do it alone. No. So it's very difficult to have like some amazing growth in life without the help of other people. Like mm-hmm. you, we rely on people for everything every single day. Yep. Whether that be the people who come into Target and ask us for help in the <laughs> fucking style department or whether that be like the government, you know, whoever, like you're always relying on people for things. And so I think, you know, for people to build confidence it's important to remember that that is not really a sole mission it's okay to ask for help yeah like and it's a good it's good to surround yourself with people who are really supportive of that and and really think that you are everything that you believe that you are and it's very very difficult to walk away from people and friendships that in your gut you know don't support you as well as this person or don't support you as well as you need to be supported right but and support in all different ways, shape and form. Yeah, and that can mean yeah, that can mean anything. But also, I think it's important to look within and be like, "But am I being supportive?" To because myself. confidence is also in knowing that you are a good person mm-hmm. and you're doing good in the world. I think that's a, a big part of my personal confidence and why I feel you know ready to take on the world is because I know what I bring to the table and you know what you're capable of. Yeah, and I think so. It it goes both ways. It's like look externally at who's in your life and what that could be diminishing to your confidence, but then also let's take a look within like are you happy with yourself? Mm-hmm. With what you're doing, with who you are. And if the answer is no, like okay, that's another thing. Let's look a little deeper than that. I just think that confidence is not so black and white as looking in the mirror and being like, you're so fucking hot. Like, that's not reality of what true confidence is knowing who you are and not being afraid to show that to other people. Like those girls on, like, the movies, and they're just like, they look in the mirror and they're just like, I'm the baddest bitch walking this earth, and I'm going to walk into that room and tell... I'm just like, girl, that is not mm-hmm. how that works. That is not... That is not... That's not real life. No, it's not. People think that confidence is very one layered I think people equate confidence to physical appearance like you were saying and it's really not even that that. because you do look I really believe physical appearance only does but so much and I think it I think your physical appearance glows or is more attractive to other people that's not necessarily romantic but just like engaging I guess if you're happy on the inside like I really really believe that it absolutely shows have you ever heard of sad eyes sad eyes are a thing I believe in it I know when someone's sad from their eyeballs and now that like you know Columbia still has the mask mandate and now that all you can look at are people eyes you have to literally Mm -hmm. read people literally from their eyeballs like that is all you see and that is how we communicate at this point so I guess it's just strange. if we were to kind of give one conclusive statement, I think being confident and building confidence is two-tiered. Yes, it is two-tiered. See your external world and see your internal world and see what's not aligning. Yes. And from there, then you can do all the talking in the mirror and telling yourself you're hot or taking a fucking bubble bath or whatever else people tell you to do to build confidence. <laughs> so. And going off of confidence... Um, it is also just like a little snippet about Aaliyah. I used to um, teach dance. I don't teach anymore. And I taught um, high school girls. Um, 
all ages of high school girls? Or, like, what was, like, the... Was it, like, specifically one grade? Or? Youngest was, like, 12, and oldest was, like, 18. Oh, okay. So it was, like, but a big like, range. But, like, most of the girls that would come up to me, like, ask me questions, like, Miss Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what? What's younger it? kids. Yeah, yeah. Younger. Not younger, but, like, 10th grade. Of, grade. of your range, the younger half. Yeah. Yes. And so, um, one of my dance kids, love you so much, asked me a question about independence and pi- post-high school life slash experiences. Now, it's been a minute for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, it's like been a little bit for me, too. It's been, it's been a little bit for you, too. It's been a little, a little longer for you. A little but... longer for me. That's fine. Um, I think high school for me in 2000 and... Don't age yourself. And so... <laughs> in um, 2000 and something, I think high school was very different than it is now. And we were just talking about <laughs> the face. We were just talking about um, Fuck yeah. how... Um, life was different because you have social media mm-hmm. and I just could not imagine social media <laughs> in in high school because it was already yeah. so bad because high school kids already are like so clicky. And I think, I think right now it's like in high school, I'm thinking in my head, who's popular on Instagram, right? Who has the most followers here, whatever, whatever. But whenever I was in high school, it was just like, Oh, these are the cheerleaders, and these are the football players, mm-hmm. and these are the track runners, and these are the basketball. It wasn't girls. even like that for me, honestly, in my high school experience. Like I mean, there was definitely those like uh, circles, but it, to me, what I noticed more was like, oh, gosh, I guess it was more like who was able to provide a service or like a activity or in a t- or in entertainment like throwing parties yeah like or having the nicest <laughs> just, car or just like say it or yeah having a fucking nice car partying having a pretty house living on the lake having a pool like we also grew up in two different areas so yes. Jess, you grew up in fort mill yeah which is the charlotte north carolina area i grew up in country bumpkin bow town yeah. land my people <laughs> call people from fort mill fort millionaires because <laughs> it, compared to everyone else, like, in, obviously, in comparison to the world, it's very middle class. But exactly. compared to South Carolina, there's a lot of money in yes, Fort it Mill. Is. Yeah. So that was, I guess, our high school experiences. I personally was never – I knew a lot of people, and a lot of people knew me. But mm-hmm. I was never, like – The it girl. No. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck No. <laughs> Nobody was like... I wish you guys could see the way Jess's jaw dropped. She was just like, what? Nobody was like crawling at my door like, please let me date you. Like, (laughs) please. I dated, but I was... Like, it was... No. No, 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 no. Like, I just was very friendly with people. Like, and that's still who I am. Like how you are right now. Yeah, I'm just... I love to make friends. So I think that helped me. But I was not a happy camper in high school. I was not like, go Yellow Jackets, you know? (laughs) Spirit. I was just trying to get to Friday. And then I was trying to get to the weekend. Right. Like, I was living for the next day. So when I got out of high school, it was another shit show for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like right now is probably the most independent I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has to do a lot. Honestly, I'm gonna, I'll am i be really nice for a second with you. Oh, how? I think meeting and kind of befriending people who challenged me was pivotal to my own transformation as a person like that makes sense it allowed me to grow in areas like I remember last year like I was so upset I was like because I'm not a person who likes to be complacent like I don't like to feel like I'm too comfortable like I always like to be better and to do better 
and I was so frustrated. I felt like I was just so stagnant and so stuck. And then I, this year, especially you and I get very, very close and I'm close with everyone else on the team, um, where we work. And I've been so much more challenged to continue growing and to continue learning and to embrace all my dreams and goals. And I also think that our leads where we work at also push us towards that as well. Mm-hmm. And so... Because they're entrepreneurs. Like, oh, yeah, they, they have hustles on the side. Yeah, like, they all have their own thing that they do, which is also super inspiring it as is. well. It's great to be around. And I think that also helps as far as, like, pushing is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but... We always get so off track. Back to high school. But yes, I think, um, especially post high school, you, let me tell you this, and I'll tell you this for free. You will not, more than likely, seven times out of ten, I'll say five times out of ten, depending on what kind of person you are. We're lowering the probability. We're lowering the probability. Five times out of ten, you will not be super close with who you once were super close with yeah especially if it's like one of those high school relationships where you guys only talk when you're at school mm-hmm. or if you only talk because you have class together or whatever because whenever you graduate are they really going to be there you have to find i wouldn't say your people because you meet more i met my people in college i met my people at usc for yeah. sure i met my people at usc and that's where i made those lifelong friendships so i also feel like it is it is super important to remember whenever you are in high school and after high school to keep your mind open and to keep your heart open as well because whenever you do those two things you're able to like welcome in more people you're able to open yourself up to more different things newer things new things aren't always bad I really hate change but you have to be open to change Mm -hmm. because if not you are at that point selling yourself short and you will never grow because high school Aaliyah if high school Aaliyah was to look at right now Aaliyah she would be like damn girl what happened? <laughs> <laughs> you went through some shit, didn't you? I'm just like, yeah, girl, let me tell you. Like, you have to, and I think that's, I think that's super important. Like, if you were to, if, whenever you get into your 20-somethings, whenever you get into your 20-somethings, because let me tell you something, whenever I hit 25, that's whenever I realized ain't shit sweet. <laughs> ain't shit sweet and being an adult is an absolute scam. It is the scam of scams. Yeah, it is. And I think it's super important to think that whenever you're sitting at your age, if you're 17 or 18 years old listening to this, because I really hope that this reaches more audiences. Mm-hmm. That's why we talk about a range of different things, because we want to be able to touch more people. But however, if you are in the ages of like 16 to 18, if you in 10 years cannot look back at your younger self and be like, I have grown so much. You need Mm -hmm. to start reevaluating a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. You have to. I agree with that. And I also think that independence comes with that as well. I think that also has to do with kind of putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. Because it's it's really good to be uncomfortable. When I moved out, like, for me, that was a – like, that's a huge transition. So, like, you have to adapt to, like, relying on yourself for everything. So I think you either take that and run with it or you take that as a hindrance to your growth, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you either take that, like, forced independence to be like, all right, then, let me do it tenfold, you know? (laughs) Or (laughs) let me do this. (laughs) That actually frightened me. You're like, Or you're like, damn, I have to be independent. No, the fuck I'm not. I'll buy one grocery and then I'm going to lay in bed. One singular. I got one monies. <laughs> one singular monies. Yeah. So I think independence, you have to you push yourself. You have to yourself. push yourself. You, oh, that was adorable. Mm-hmm. Boop. You have to push yourself. Independence is all about pushing yourself. 
And my parents did that for me and my sisters, and they continue yeah. to do that. Nothing. For us to be as independent as possible. And you should. Like, yes, yeah, my parents are like, <laughs> you thought we were going to, like, walk you out of this problem. Like, do it with your fucking self. Exactly. Like, like you have to that, figure, yeah. you have to figure stuff out on your own. Mm-hmm. And that makes it easier because one day, I mean, if you're the type of person that wants to have a family, you're going to also have to do that for someone else. Yep. So you have to start preparing yourself and pushing yourself into adulthood, but do not go, like, fucking nosedive into yeah. adulthood like it it's take a transition your time. like a transition. it is a absolute transition but you also should not be dreading it not i mean because that transition be, goes on for so long like, and i'm still in be, that transition it can be fun yeah like being an adult can be it's fun fun you get to like do whatever you want to do sometimes whenever you have a job and you you know sometimes you can't always you work hard you play harder or whatever work hard play harder whatever yeah. dads say i feel like dads say that dads yeah i feel like dads well, always say work hard play harder like what does that mean dad what do you mean by that they know. they like put that shit with everything that's just like say French things. Red Hot. <laughs> <laughs> anywho anyway really hope that helped yeah you guys sorry for a little <laughs> we could definitely like, talk more about it but i think basically never stay in your comfort zone no Open yourself up to new people. New things. New opportunities. Take independence as a blessing, a gift, and capitalize on it. Yes. Because so much cool shit happens when Whenever you rely on yourself. Yes. Oh, it's amazing. So many doors open and you have to be willing, like Jess said, put yourself out there, take yourself out of your comfort zone, and put yourself into those new opportunities, into those new situations. It's kind of, it can be scary, but I promise You'll a lot of growth. You'll be amazed A lot of growth comes with that. Yep. Take a leap of faith. You can do it. So... Am I? Oh my God! Is Jess, it my time? Jessica's in the hot seat. Oh boy! This week I'm nervous. If okay. you guys don't know, Jessica and I, um, we sing a lot of our words. Um, yeah, I think we started doing at work as a way to like de-stress and be like, "Well, what do you?" It doing? actually works. It, I, it works a lot. It makes, challenge. It makes, sing for ten seconds a day. I honestly guarantee you'll be you'll feel better. You'll after go, you you'll feel so much better. I promise. <laughs> Just sing through what you're saying, and you'll just be like. No, yeah, actually kind of great. Okay, but yes. Anyways, this week Jessica's in the hot seat. I was in the hot seat. So Jess, we're gonna ask you some all right questions. Here we go. Um, so I know I know what's happening. <laughs> Words mean things, Aaliyah. Words mean things. I know. Last week we talked about me mm-hmm. and um what it was like for me growing up. So I want to ask because. Jess and I have had so many in-depth conversations about family dynamic. We had one today with um, our boss, Miss Akita. Um, appreciate you so much. Um, we had conversations about like different family dynamics, yeah. and um, everyone grows up way different. So yeah. what was it like for you growing up? How was your family? What was your family like? <laughs> so the tricky part about answering this question is that <laughs> my childhood was very unusual, I'll say. And so sure. it's tough for me to tell you that answer without going into a lot more so I guess I'll just start with maybe my present family dynamic yes start with your present so I have my and we'll two, get into that yeah we'll get into it but my two little sisters Jamie and Jordan they are love you my babies like I adore <laughs> them and they're a lot younger than me yes they're 10 and 8 years younger than me so they're it, they're my sisters but I look at them more like my secondary children in a way yes because they're so and much then younger. I have my mom Denise my best act my actual best friend and then Todd, who's also my actual best friend, and he's my dad, but he's yes. just Todd. Um, Hi, Todd. Hi, Todd. Heard so much about you. And so that's my that's my most immediate family dynamic as of today. And you are super close with your family, yeah? Oh, yeah. We're, like, so, so, so close. Um, whenever Jess and I first met, I actually adored so much that you were so close with your family. Oh, I didn't um, know that. You never told me that. Yeah, because I think it is so hard for people. I think whenever you... 
I meet some people, they don't really, they're not really close with their family. I honestly don't know what I would do if I could not talk to my mom and dad about stuff or yeah. if I couldn't talk to my sisters about stuff. And if you have siblings, please use them for that. Yeah. That is what they're there for. Siblings are there for you to lean on and to talk things Jamie um, and Jordan out. are my, my exactly. saving grace, truly. And you feel like they can come to you and talk to you about stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's a, it's tough right now with just how the age difference is, but I'm sure as they get older, they, they're going to need me. And how life is for me. them right now. Yeah, they're going to need me. What middle school is like, because yeah. that's a whirlwind. Oh, yeah. Man, oh man, it's out of world one. Um, so yeah, talking about your present family. So without getting like too deep into things, mm-hmm. like how was life before fourteen? <laughs> so I have told the story a lot of times to a lot of different people and in a lot of different ways. But I think what's tricky about telling it now is that I want to make sure I do it in a way that's appropriate and also respectful of everybody else's situations I never want to kind of cause someone any sort of distress by you know listening to my story so I will preface that now yes um if you do feel sensitive to topics like self-harm or suicide or uh sexual assault I would probably skip forward like end it at this point (laughs) end it or like skip five minutes yeah so I feel like I definitely (laughs) want to say that so my biological father was a terrifying man Mm-hmm. And he and my mom got divorced when I was a kid. So we all moved up to South Carolina. I'm originally from Florida. We all moved up to South Carolina when I was six. And from there, it was very, very difficult. My mom got remarried to Todd, who is now my dad. And my dad got remarried. And so basically, in a way that doesn't get too confusing, within my childhood, there was a lot of tumultuous activity between my dad and my mom, between my dad and his wife, and then his next wife, and then his next wife. Your dad, not Tom. I mean, Todd. No, Todd was Tom. Tom. Sorry, Todd. (laughs) Todd was great. Todd and my mom had a, you know, a great marriage. They had Jamie and Jordan. So Jamie and Jordan are technically my half sisters, but it's stupid. They're my sisters. So that was like, you know, very much a unit the four or five at that point five of us and then my dad was a very difficult man to be around he was very manipulative very abusive verbally emotionally mentally uh, very manipulative he could convince anyone to do anything for him and then use that to hurt them um it was traumatic and i i can tell you like i don't remember jamie's for first four years of her life like i don't remember what she looked like as a kid like, that's how intense. And my mom can't either for sometimes. Like, we have to, like, look at pictures to remind ourselves what she looked like. And it was a very difficult time for me to grow up because I was missing the actual love of a father. Like, mm-hmm. Todd loved me like his own, but he was trying to be respectful of my dad and not exactly. overstep. Right. So I was very much absent from a true paternal love with my dad. It was all about what he could control of me how he could spin things around on my mother. And he got accused of some sexual assault charges or molestation on his niece, my cousin. And that's when things really took a turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, uh, being a mom, was like, yeah, you're done here. Like, we're not Absolutely. seeing each other anymore. And so we had supervised visits for about two years where she would have to sit in this restaurant and watch me with him have these lunches without his new wife. He had three wives since I was born and two more before that. Yeah. I swear, people just, like, just slow down. He, well, he was, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, he was a psychopath. He was bipolar, narcissistic, depressive, psychopath. Take care of your mental health people. Yeah. Please. But I think for him, it was 
a losing battle from birth. Like some people are just very predisposed to these things. Oh, and I think that he was, um, you know, it, he had tried to kill himself before. Like, and these are all things that my mom knew and tried to protect me from. Um, we went on, we had to go, go into hiding for like three weeks from him when he was going on trial for his uh, molestation charges because we were terrified he was going to come take me in the middle of the night and leave. Right. Cause so we, people do that? we went in hiding for three weeks. Um, I would sleep in Jordan's bed. She was like three and just like having these scary ass nightmares. And like, I don't remember this. My mom told me this. Right. Um, so it was very, very just tumultuous. And I know that's kind of a rushed explanation, but the timetable of things is actually very difficult for me. Because of everything that was happening yeah. on top of all of the heavy shit. But I remember these things very vividly. And there's obviously certain memories I have of him being incredibly like verbally abusive or doing things with me that were not appropriate for a father to be doing with his daughter. Like flashbacks. Yeah. And things that I spent many, many years in therapy trying to understand, trying mm-hmm. to process. Um, but I think that those memories are hidden for a reason. And I choose oh, yeah, to believe yeah. that. So when I was 13, he killed himself. And that for me was the start of my own journey. I mean, before then I was obviously dealing with a lot, you know, with the difficulties of having a person like this in my life. Right. And about six months before he passed, I told my mom I wanted to terminate his parental rights. At that point I was done. Um, so we were on track to terminate his parental rights where he would have no contact with you. Contact. Whatsoever. He could never, he never could again. Right. And then he killed himself. Right. So for me, you can imagine as a 13 year old, you're like, what, what that means? What the fuck? Right. Like the amount of emotions, like I will never forget the day my mom told me. That's one thing that sticks out clear as day in my head. Right. And other things leading up to that, you know, it was all very, very difficult. But those are, I think, are the, are the biggest points that kind of led me into my own journey with my own mortality, with my own life mm-hmm. and what that meant for me based on the first 13 years of your life Mm -hmm. and I think what's also super important because Jessica's going to school for um counseling for counseling Mm -hmm. um and so obviously kind of sort I was on a track for psych whenever I first started my undergrad and I think it is super important for people to be aware people and parents children and parents and I think your mom was really great with this Mm -hmm. from what you explained to me to pay attention to um, different, I don't want to say like warning signs, mm-hmm. but just things that change yeah. with, your, with your child. With your child. Yeah. I was things that very, change very fortunate. if moods change, things like that. It can be very important. Yeah. And my parents were very aware to that because, um, my parents always are down to talk. Like, are mm-hmm. you okay? Like yeah. always checking up on me, making sure your mental health is good. And I know Denise does that for you too. She does. Yeah. And I was very, very fortunate to have Todd. Yes. Because then eight months later, he adopted me. So my last name changed, and I became his daughter right. in the eyes of law. And so I was fortunate to have had that saving grace. Like, that was invaluable to me, to have that. I don't know where I'd be without that. Um, and I think that as far as my mental health goes, at that time, you know, I had been in therapy before my dad passed because of everything that was going on. My mom was like, yeah, we need to get this starting to, like, we need to start working on this because yes. she knew like she was traumatized from everything that was going on. Do like imagine, imagine what my child who has only known this ever, how, how are how we going to get, her? how are we going to fix this? Exactly. And not so that people need to be fixed, but I think you understand what I mean. Yes. So, I, I um, what you mean. yeah, counseling is incredibly important. And I think we will, 
do an episode on this because I have oh, so yeah. many thoughts about what actually we'll do an episode on this. I think people are very misunderstood when they figure out what what their image of a counseling session looks like or a counseling practice looks like. It's I think a lot of people have a very mis- misunderstood perception of what that looks like, but it's very intensive. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it's work. It is work. You don't walk in and, and tell someone how you feel and walk out and feel better. You have to work. You have got to work. Therapy doesn't work unless you do. Yes. I always say that. And that's why people are just like, well, I tried to go to therapy and this is, I'm just like, well, what did you do outside of it? Yeah, no, it, it takes that for sure. And I tell this story because, you know, I think it's important to understand that what I do now with my life is not because of what happened to me. It's because that's empowered me to be this person. Right. You took what happened to you and you flipped it. Yeah. And you did not let that stop you or hinder you or break you down in any way, shape, or form. You're just like, I'm going to grow from this. Yeah. And this is what's going to make me a stronger person. Yeah. I just think what what happened to me could have broken me. But instead of dying in these, like, flames, I actually used it to make me stronger. Right. Because I would not be this person because if it were not for this experience. But I say that in the absolute best way. Right. Because I've now devoted my life to helping people. Yes. In a a big, big way way and I wouldn't have had that passion if it were not for the lows that I saw so many people around me in and then you start paying attention to other people's lows and what other things they're going through and you realize oh shit like everybody's in pain right and there's a connection to this yeah like there's some type of connecting factor to the reason why these why everyone around me right. is in pain people have a life just as complex and um interesting and difficult as yours mm-hmm and I think when you come to really realize that, not just know it, but like realize it, that's where true empathy comes from. Exactly. Because it's so easy to judge people based on how they act, how they behave, things they've said, but it takes someone, and this is just like the confidence thing. This is a muscle. This is something you have to work on. It takes that third eye almost to look past what you're seeing on the surface and understand like when you have a bad day, you just wish people would get off your back and leave you alone. Okay, so when someone else has a bad day, that's also what they want or right. a, a variation of that. Right. And that's something that takes time to work on to like practice. That's how you have to see people. You can't just look at them. You have to see them. You have to see them. As complete are. and total beings right. who have bad days, who have terrible, terrible because things happen human. to them. I'm not kidding. If a guy cuts me off on the freeway, my first instant thought is like, what if his life's go- wife's going into labor and he's rushing the hospital to see her? Right. Not rage. Like, that's literally like, <laughs> in, it's an instinct for me at this point. Whenever something happens and I could get mad, I tr- it's nine times out of 10, I'm immediately thinking, okay, what's what going on in their day? Right. What is that person going through? Let me right give now? them grace. Exactly. So that's something that absolutely comes from my life for sure. And and one thing I will ask, because this was another question that I yeah. wanted to ask. Um, obviously, we kind of sort of just touched on it like a tiny bit because you said that everything that you went through empowered you to be who you are. So at, how did you like start? Like at what point were you just like, I'm going to pinpoint this. I'm going to mm-hmm. like self-reflect on everything that has happened. And what was that turning point? Like what at what point were you just like, this is what I want to do for a living. I think I always knew that this is what I wanted to do. There were, there were variations of the job, like a lawyer yes, or a social worker, like yes. things like ver- different oh, variations yeah. of the same theme. This is always what I've wanted to do. Help people. Yeah. But in, in this specific way, whether that was like 
being a criminal attorney and putting guys like my dad away, whether it was being a social worker and going to get the Jessicas of the world that didn't have Denise and Todd, mm-hmm. or whether it was being a counselor, which is helping people who have survived these things now move forward, mm-hmm. or people that are causing harm on others reverse that behavior. Yes. So when it happened for me, I would say were to the point where I was you comfortable were like, with you were my very ability. Sound. Yes. You were very sound, and you were just like, I'm well, capable of doing this. The struggle was, even though I knew and I wanted to be this person, my own problems were very hindering to, like, my progression moving forward. So I would say when I really, like, I had rough times. Obviously, everyone does. But I think, for me, the end of this sort of struggle, this fight, was April of my senior year. Of high school. Mm -hmm. It took me 18 years to get out of and that was just get out of the state where I wanted to die right that didn't even touch what I now need to do to get to where I am exactly but when I got out of that state yeah I could my brain was clear right clear mind I was able to see but parts of my vision were still crooked right if that makes any sense that makes sense you still have things to yeah polish I had to adjust the vision but at least I could see yeah and so I went back to counseling uh, about six months later. So on and off, I've been in counseling for seven and a half years. Not consecutively, but cumulatively. cumulatively. Can, I, can, I, can I ask something mm-hmm. very, very quickly? And I mm-hmm. feel like I've had, I wouldn't say arguments. Yeah. But just very intimate talks about some people. Why do you think people have such a negative connotation with therapy and counseling? Because that, for whatever reason, always confuses me. I don't think they think it's legit. You don't think they think it's real? Yeah. Like I we think said last week, if people, that, if people can't put a name to something yeah, and if they don't know sense. what it is, then it doesn't make sense and you shouldn't do it yeah. or you shouldn't be. The beautiful thing about counseling is it's half philosophy and it's half science. So there are concepts sure. about the human brain that you use to base counseling practices off of. But you right. look at statistics, you look at studies, you look at research, you look at clinical trials, all these yes. things that help you understand. So where do these philosophical ideas play into Real life, exactly. real people, real brain chemistry. And that's, I think, this, the second piece of that is what people often miss. It's like, it's not just you sitting in a room. And I know this is very played out. And I'm sure most people realize that you don't, you're not just telling someone how you feel. And they're just nodding and going, okay. And I think some people have like, right. As, yeah, right. Some people have grown out of that. But it, it's even more than whatever the next thing you're thinking. Unless you've done it. And I think, and not even just done it, but committed to it. Right. Because just doing it is one thing, Going, but doing it and continuing yeah. to do it and continuing to work at it is a complete it's, Yeah, it's, if you have committed to counseling and you've committed to what it can do for you, you know how legit it is and how real it is and how painful it is. Like most of the seven and a half years I've spent in counseling, I was doing worse, but you have to do worse to get before better. Before you can get better. You have to go to the root of the problem. Like you can't start at like Things five feet. You got to go to zero. Get- and things, up to ten, things will absolutely get dark before they before you see the light and a lot of but different you, things again. But you have to do that, and I think that's why so many people spend so many years in darkness is because they don't want to turn on the light, or they just like turn off all of those thoughts they never think about again until something happens, mm-hmm. and then it's like fire. Well, I just think the majority of people who are incredibly sad, or I, I don't want to use the word depressed or anxiety, but if they are incredibly sad for a prolonged amount of time. I think a lot of people would rather enjoy the company of their misery with themselves than fight for the vulnerability of happiness. Yep. Because fighting for happiness requires you to be brave. It requires you to open yourself, yourself up. Right. 
and some people would to, just prefer to be alone. It requires you to do more, and sometimes for people more just isn't worth it. People won't turn on the light until they miss it, and that can take years. That could take forever. Because mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard. It and is. I think deep down everyone knows that, that it's not going to be easy to pull. It's not a one-day decision. Just like confidence. And some people feel like they don't have the time. Like, I don't have time for that. Yes, you do. Yeah. The happiest people, the most content people, the people with the most pride in themselves and the most confidence are also the same people that decided that it was worth fighting for happiness that they have. Like, you have to want it and have to try for it and have to continue working at it to reach that sort of, like, all-encompassing and I'm fucking never, okay. Like, it, I'm good. And it never stops. Like, even after you feel like you've reached that point, we're just like, I'm good. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it is still a forever continuing yeah. journey. It's little choices you make every single day. Even if you're no longer in counseling or even if you're no longer seeing, like, your regular therapist that you've been seeing for years or whatever. Mm-hmm. It still takes work. Yeah. Even after the fact, because... To not be pessimistic. Every, or, things happen every day and anything yeah. could change something. Yeah. And it, you have to you be have able to... You have to make to, the choice. You have to be able to make the conscious decision. Yeah. That this is not that deep. Exactly. I don't need to get mad about this. You make those choices people are the every happy day people. that literally shape what is going to happen. Yeah. And you have to make those choices wisely. Yeah. So the last thing that I will ask... Okay. Is... Um, so if someone that is listening to this mm-hmm. is struggling... Um, whether it's like with themselves, if it's like family stuff, and if they were thinking about going to counseling mm-hmm. and they were very um, iffy or wishy-washy about it or if they had parents that made them feel like, you know, this isn't going to help, like this isn't mm-hmm. going to work, what would you say to them? Because I know I know a couple people like that. First thing I think you need to do is document exactly how you feel. Write it out. Write it out. I think that is always incredibly helpful. The next thing I'll say is find a resource that can help you. Um, That could be a school counselor. That could be your best friend's parent. That could be um, an administrator, a teacher. If your direct family and friends are negating how you're feeling, you need to seek out a different resource. Yes. Um, Because you're going to need somebody to talk to. And they are not the end-all be-all. No. No. It's just important to find somebody that you can confide in, somebody that not your best friend. Somebody that is older. Not your bestie, boo. And even if you're out of high school or and not in college, that could be a boss like or an older coworker. Right. Find somebody in your life that you look up to, that you aspire to, that you trust even, and speak to them. And then I think it's important to remember that going to counseling is incredibly important and it will save your life. If that is where you're at, it will save your life. And that doesn't necessarily mean you know, self-harm. That could just mean spending the rest of your life sad. You don't have to be depressed to be sad. You do not have to be depressed to be sad. You do not have to be anxiety-ridden to be sad. Yeah. Those things can just be you if you don't, you know, practice the skills and the resources to get better. Right. But I think if you're in a real bind of the sense of, like, financially, I know it can be expensive for some insurances or whatever, I would recommend researching you know go to like a good reliable website and look yes. up like strategies for emotional regulation and look up legitimate websites yeah please. yeah psychology today is good for like articles and stuff mm-hmm. um 
not the top of the brain. I'm there. You'll know if it's a good website, exactly. but go to like somewhere that's to legit. Tell, but make sure you go. Don't go on Reddit, please. Reddit no. is not where you need to be, honey. And go look at these strategies. Go look at, you know, how can I take care of myself better strategies uh, or, you know, why am I depressive strategies? Whatever, whatever you're dealing with, look up things online, good resources for you. That's a, a great alternative. And then I think this, I will stress this Tom blue in the face. The people that you have around you in life are so important. Yes, they are. I don't like, I think it would be better to have one person that you were like ride or die. Like you get me, I get you. Like there's mutual respect than to have 10 people that you can hang out each day of the week. Or whatever. But you don't but they don't know shit about you. Or they're only supportive when it's on their when time. When it's convenient for them. Right. Or they only hype you up when they think they look better than you. You know, whatever it is. Why do people like that? Keep find you have to have an ally in this. Yeah. And you have to lean on them, you have to utilize them, and that can be anyone. That could be me. Like let it be my Jesse girl. I am here She's for fantastic. it. I would gladly meet anyone for coffee at any time to talk about life like honest to god (laughs) so i want you to just find that resource for you whether you're 25 28 32 67 108 find if you if you are needing a little bit of guidance and a little bit of help and you don't know if counseling is fully the route for you or whatever i would you need someone you need to have someone yeah i think that's really important i hope she get through the darkness a little better Mm -hmm. Even if you have, like you said, just one person that you know can go to you. And like I said last week, please don't let it be your, your bestie that's like, Garrett, you're going to be okay? Like, that's not yeah. what you need. Plus, if you're you talking need, about some darker stuff, don't go to a, you don't need, go to a peer. You need... <laughs> like, don't go to the person who sits next to you in, like, your second period. I really... Sometimes I look at Jess and I'm just like, Jess <laughs> is such a mom friend. Don't go to your peers. <laughs> That is such a mom. I mean, if you're mad your about peers. your seventh grade crush, yeah, tell your freaking seventh grade lab partner. But if this is like, do not go to your bestie. Shit, like, right? Don't your go bestie to your doesn't bestie need to some, know. No, you need to talk to someone that's a little older, a little wiser, can, yeah, and that can get you through it a little. That's more. dependable. Like on a serious tip. Yeah, I know some people say they have no one. You find some. Find someone. Everyone you needs find someone. One person. That's what keeps you alive. At the end of the day. Like, if we were alone on this earth, we'd be dead. Remember that. Your mind will die without someone. Like, that's just true. You're not meant to be, like, completely Remember alone. That. Write it down. You're not. <laughs> Stop me if you're feeling inspired. I said that earlier, and Jessica was like, I kind of like that. I was just like, oh, okay. No, but seriously. Like, tell yeah. your history teacher that he needs to help. You need help. And like, your history what? teacher. I don't know. Anybody. Anybody. And it can be a teacher. Because what I will say, especially in high school, I love how we can just, like, bring it all back to full circle um especially in high school you see your teachers yeah and more than your parents to be honest more than your parents yeah way more than your parents especially since like or whenever I was in high school I know I had like very like select teachers that I would go to to talk about things because you even if you feel like you have no one older you you have to have one teacher yeah one boss. One boss. A one older coworker. One somebody. A professor, a college counselor, a nurse. Maybe it's your mailman. Like <laughs> <laughs> the milkman, the ice cream truck driver. Tell your local cashier, like don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't go to people at their job and be like, 
Oh my god! So listen, like, girl, they're just trying to bring you out. Yeah, like, yeah, they don't care. But anyways, um, yeah, you need to find. <laughs> you need to you you have to find one person. Yeah. If you take this and, anything and, from this, and in high school, since we were talking about high school, I really think it's important that you can that to find a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like teachers. Teachers really care. Mm-hmm. Some teachers really care. Yeah. Um, so there's some incredible people. Yeah, there are yeah. there are some really incredible people in this world, and you just open your eyes to something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, thanks, Jess. <laughs> oh wow, I'm nervous because <laughs> I have to go. Because I have to go listen to this back. And I'm just gonna sit in dark room and be like, "Damn, that shit really happened." And then I'll wake <laughs> up and be like, "Time to go to Target." <laughs> Retail therapy. Except I'm working. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, love it. But I hope you got something from this. Um, I really hope you guys got something from this. That I hope was you guys get something difficult from for me. I'm sure last week was yeah. probably difficult for you too to be open little, like that. Last week was a little difficult. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. feeling that now. It's very difficult to put yourself out there. So um, be nice to me. <laughs> and maybe... Tuck's hair behind you. <laughs> okay. Well. It's unscripted. It's unapologetic. It's unlicensed. It is unlicensed. With Jessica and Aaliyah. Yes. Thank Boop you your guys bestie. T- tuning in. Boop your bestie. Boop. Boop. Love you the most. <laughs>